Brothers and sisters, I'm back. This is going to be an abbreviated show today. I'm still enjoying some much needed time away from many things, but I'm back with you now. And I welcome you to a different kind of show today. Welcome to the Cognac and Kush show. That's right. Las Vegas just went legal for recreational, y'all. We've enjoyed playing the old school hits for you. And we're going to continue playing it. But we're also going to be pushing the envelope into the 90s. We got such a great response on our last show called Midlife Crisis. And yes, we're going to continue the storytelling. But today is a special show. Many who know me know that I don't really celebrate the 4th of July. I mean, the fireworks and all that kind of stuff. It's real cool. The barbecue, excellent. But I don't really rock the 4th of July. And I don't knock it to each his own. And for those who don't know why, I'll tell you. It's very simple. If I showed up at your house and put your family in handcuffs, then drug them to another person's house where they're going to go to work for them at gunpoint, you wouldn't like that very much, would you? And then the icing on the cake is I tell you that we're going to have a party to celebrate the guy who took over your house and drug you out of it. You'd look at me like I'm crazy. Well, that is in fact what happened in this country. Much of the transatlantic slave trade was a myth. 94% of the copper people who were in slavery were already here on this land. The crazy part is, they were here before the quote-unquote Native Americans, who actually came down later across the ice bridge. They were actually the cousins of Genghis Khan, the Mongolians, and many of them were from the Siberian region. And when the pale people showed up, slavery showed up. And they didn't just enslave the copper people's bodies, they enslaved their minds. They gave them Christianity while putting them in bondage and divorcing them from their own land that they were on and their birthright. They told their children that came after them they were all brought on boats across the Atlantic. And the truth is, only 6% of the copper people in this country came to this continent via the transatlantic voyages. The rest were the indigenous people of this land. So the reason I don't celebrate the 4th is the same reason Jews don't celebrate the 20th of April, Hitler's birthday. The same reason Christians don't celebrate Muslim holidays. It's not for me. I'd be just as crazy as them to celebrate the taking of my home and the making of theirs, disguised as Independence Day. Some are not going to like what I'm about to say, but you also know I can't do it any other way. I gotta be me and tell it like it is because most have had their brains rearranged with their mental jizz. Tonight, I'm going to channel Frederick Douglass's 1852 speech from the 4th of July to America. Fellow citizens, pardon me, allow me to speak. Why am I called upon to speak here today? What have I, or those I represent, to do with your national independence? Are the great principles of political freedom, natural justice, embodied in that declaration of independence, extended to us? And am I, therefore called upon, to bring our humble offering to the national altar to confess the benefits and express a devout gratitude for the blessings resulting from your independence to us? Would to God both your sake and ours that an affirmative answer could be truthfully returned to these questions. 
Then would my task be light, and my burden easy and delightful. For who is there so cold that the nation's symphony could not warn him? Who so obdurate and dead to the claims of gratitude that would not thankfully acknowledge such priceless benefits? Who so stolid and selfish that would not give his voice to swell the hallelujahs of a nation's jubilee when the chains of servitude had not been torn from his lens? I am not that man. And in case like the dumb might eloquently speak, and the lame men leap as in heart, but such is not the state of the case. I see it with a sad sense of disparity between us. I am not included in the pale of this glorious anniversary. Your high independence only reveals the immeasurable distance between us. The blessing in which you this day rejoice and are not enjoyed in common. The rich inheritance of justice, liberty, prosperity, independence, bequeathed by your fathers is shared by you, not by me. The sunlight that brought light and healing to you has brought stripes and death to me. This 4th of July is yours, not mine. You may rejoice, I must mourn. To drag a man in fetters into a grand illuminated temple of liberty and call upon him to join you in your joyous anthems were inhumane mockery and sacrilegious irony. Do you mean, citizens, to mock me by asking me to speak today? If so, there is a parallel to your conduct. And let me warn that it is dangerous to copy the example of a nation whose crimes, towering to heaven, were thrown down by the breath of the Almighty, burying that nation in irrevocable ruin. I can today take up the plaintive lament. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yeah. We wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst of thereof. For there, they that carried us, and they who wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of those songs of Zion. How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the root of my mouth. Fellow citizens, above your national, tumultuous joy, I hear the mournful wail of millions, whose chains heavy and grievous yesterday are today rendered more intolerable by the jubilee shouts that reach them. If I do forget, if I do not faithfully remember those bleeding children of the sorry this day, may my right hand cleave to the root of my mouth. To forget them, to pass lightly over their wrongs, and to chime in with the popular theme would be treason most scandalous and shocking, and would make me reproach before God and the world. My subject then, fellow citizens, is American slavery. I shall see this day and its popular characteristics from the slave's point of view.
standing there, identified with the American bondman, making his wrongs mine. I do not hesitate to declare with all my soul that the character and the conduct of this nation never looked blacker to me than on this 4th of July. Whether we turn to the declarations of the past or to the professions of the present, the conduct of the nation seems equally hideous and revolting. America is false to the past, false to the present, and solemnly binds herself to be false to the future. Standing with God and the crushed and bleeding slave on this occasion, I will, in the name of humanity which is outraged, in the name of liberty which is fettered, in the name of constitution and Bible which are disregarded and trampled upon, dare to call in question and to denounce with all the emphasis I can command everything that serves to perpetuate slavery, the great sin and shame of America. I will not equivocate. I will not excuse. I will use the severest language I can command. And yet not one word shall escape me that any man whose judgment is not blinded by prejudice shall not confess to be right and just. For the present, is it not astonishing that while we are plowing, planting, and reaping, using all kinds of mechanical tools, erecting houses, constructing bridges, building ships, working in metals of brass, iron, copper, and secretaries having among us lawyers, doctors, ministers, poets, authors, editors, orators, and teachers. And that while we are engaged in all manner of enterprises common to other men, digging gold in California, capturing the whale in the Pacific, feeding sheep and cattle on the hillside, living, moving, acting, thinking, planning, living in families as husbands and wives, and children, and all of the above, confessing and worshiping the Christian's God, and looking hopefully for life and immortality beyond the grave, we are still called upon to prove that we are men. That was Frederick Douglass, y'all. And that speech is more relevant today than ever. Philando Castile, Sandra Bland, Mike Brown, Tamir Rice, Freddie Gray, Eric Garner, I still can't breathe. Now let's see what Papa Pope had to say about it. You want me to say something? Fine. I'll say something. You. You people. You're not a race. You are a virus. You destroy the world. Everything beautiful you poison. You drag us from our homes. You rape our daughters, murder our sons. You crack our spines and do all you can to break our will. 
You stab us. Then you put the knife in our hand and tell us it's our fault. And if you don't do it yourself, you stand by, close your eyes, and pretend there's nothing wrong. And then you pray to your God to silence our screams so that you can enjoy the happiness that we built for you with our blood. But it's not your fault. It's the only way you know how to be. And the only thing that will change anything is if another virus comes along and does to you what you do to us. And I hope that happens very soon. The fireworks are so pretty, the barbecue is so delicious, but I celebrate not for the reason you do. I give rise to new eyes conjured by pressure, forged in the fire of Al Morocco, now known as America. I give rise to new eyes that discern a lie from the truth. I give rise to new eyes that can bring remedy for me and you. I give rise to new eyes that can see a better nation. I give rise to new eyes that usher the walk of restoration. I give rise to new eyes that will help keep you and me whole. I give rise to new eyes that are led by an unconquered soul. Brothers and sisters, turn your eyes around and open your eyelids. Now see for the first time in a thousand years. The rest of us are waiting for you.